0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the ENC Leadership Podcast. And uh, we'll be continuing in our series, Leading in an Anxious World. And uh, we started last week with the interview with Pastor Seth Trimmer. I, want, I have to admit, I, I know that was a heavy episode to get through. An hour long, introducing so many new topics. So I want to commend those of you who, who really listened to the whole thing and processed it. I was very encouraged to hear some feedback from a, from a lot of people about it. And I also want to say to those of you who didn't do that, who saw it and you were like, gosh, this is too much. I have no idea how to process this. That's completely fine, okay? In fact, uh, you're closer to my experience with this whole school of thought because it's been honestly more than a year, almost two years of me wrestling with these concepts and thinking for myself, I tried to read a book about it. I couldn't get through it at all. I couldn't understand it. I saw it was recommended by Pastor Steve Merle. And then I list, I read the book, and I, I, it was so dense. And so I, I gave up. I stopped reading the book, and it wasn't until probably almost a year, more than a year later, I was with Seth, and he mentioned the concept. And I said, hey, I think I know that. And so anyway, long story short, it, it is a lot to get through. So that's what we're going to do in this podcast. We're going to break it down into smaller pieces. So if you listened to last week, and you liked it, and you are awakened By those ideas and those concepts, you feel empowered by them. You think, okay, I want to apply this in my life, in my walk with God, in my leadership, then great. These succeeding episodes are going to help you get practical with that. If you looked at last week and you didn't even listen to it at all, and you were like, oh man, this is too much, that's fine. These next few episodes are going to build up on those concepts. And maybe you go back to that one day and you'll listen to it and you'll. Be able to make sense of it because you listen to these fewer bite-sized ones. Or maybe you never go back to it. That's up to you. So what we'll do is build on different pieces of that overall picture that Seth gave us. And so for this episode, we're going to be talking about the leader's emotions. But before that, let me go back to why I like this concept in the first place. Why do I like the the school of thought that, that Seth mentioned where we are responsible for our actions, we stay connected to people, we deal with our anxiety, and a a big part of this is what people have called the family systems theory. If you want to research more about this, just Google family systems theory. Go to YouTube, you'll find a number of videos on family systems theory. But just listen to the podcast, this is going to be fine also. But for now, here's why I like this, this way of looking at the world. Number one, it respects individual freedom. This is not some kind of leadership tool that tricks people, that manipulates people into doing what you want against their will. That's not leadership. That's not the way Jesus leads. That's not the way Jesus modeled leadership on earth. That's not the way God is with us. Instead, it respects individual freedom. And so it's a powerful way of leading without violating that. In fact, it requires people to exercise their freedom well for us to work well together. At the same time, though, while it respects individual freedom, it empowers the leader. That's what I love about it, that I can be respectful to you, but I know a way for me to change by focusing on what God's telling me to do and staying connected to you. Because we're connected to each other, that will still have influence. So it respects individual freedom. It empowers the leader. Thirdly, and here's what I love about it also, it allows you to start from wherever you are. You don't need to be an expert. So many things we see online, let's say you watch a cooking show or a music tutorial or even like a cooking show, right? Like how to exercise this way or how to how to do this kind of thing and you realize you're watching someone who's an expert and you think, I, I can't even do what they're saying. I can't even start. Here's what's great about family systems theory. You can start from wherever you are. You don't need to be an expert. Just start by taking responsibility for your actions Uh, staying connected with people and bringing the anxiety that, that comes out of the system to God. Fourth thing I like about it, it's very forgiving. If you get it wrong, just start again. Just acknowledge what you did wrong and start again. I have a couple of groups of people now that I'm processing this with. Honestly, selfishly, I did that for myself because I found that when I'm talking to people about this, it makes me more aware of what's going on with me. So in those groups, we're honest with each other. And we say, hey, guys, I messed up again. I got anxious. I got reactive. I said something hurtful. I'm owning it up with those people, and I'm just telling you guys. And what's great about this way of looking at leadership, it's so forgiving. You can start again. So it respects individual freedom. It empowers the leader, allows you to start from wherever you are. It's very forgiving. If you fi- fail, just get back up. And fifth, it's foundational. It's foundational all the best leadership moves and lessons you've seen in history, maybe now you're watching the last dance with with the bulls and you're seeing leadership lessons, you could totally do those as well. But this is the foundation. See, because when we're reacting, when we're anxious, when we're not responding and listening to the Holy Spirit and looking at the context in front of us, what happens is we just panic, you know, and it's fight, flight, or freeze mode. Instead, when we apply this way of looking at the world we stay connected we lower our anxiety we can um, lead and think of the best solution for the context that we're in so that's why i love this theory and that's why we're really going to be going a little bit deeper in it and i really hope it'll help you as well in your life and in your leadership for today we want to focus on one important uh, piece of family systems theory and that means looking at the leader's emotions what are your emotions? And if you had asked me, uh, gosh, years ago when I was a teenager, when I was starting out to lead, or even if you asked me maybe five or three years ago, if I ever imagined doing a podcast about the leader's emotions, I would have laughed. Because to be honest, I'm the kind of person who often looks down on emotions and looks down on people Who talk about their emotions it's like oh gosh here we go again with your touchy feely and all of those things and and so i would think okay you're an emotional person and if i ever said the word emotional it was often in a negative sense an emotional person is someone who's who's wrong you know and by contrast you're an emotional person i'm not an emotional person I'm whatever I feel like bragging about myself in the moment. I'm reasonable, or or I'm wise, or I'm knowledgeable. That was completely inaccurate, that way of looking at the world. And see, here's the thing. The leader's emotions are important because the reality is we are all emotional. Everyone's emotional. No one is not emotional. If you're a human being, you are emotional. Now it's possible that you might have um, you know some people out there are going say oh there are people out there who are completely sociopathic or psychopathic then great. Those people are, are not great, but those people aren't emotional, but that's a dysfunction. That's not a healthy way of being a human being. That's not how human beings were designed to be. All of us are emotional. I would often say to my wife, oh you're so emotional. Yes, she was emotional. She can be emotional, but so could I. We're just emotional about different things. It's so funny that um, she's into K-drama right now, and uh, she's watching a lot of K-drama. I watched some of it with her, and honestly, it can get emotional. And I could look at that. If it was old Joe, I would have said, oh, you're so emotional. Look at you with these fictional characters, people who don't know you, and you're so affected. But when The Last Dance came out, and I'm watching these episodes, I'm getting emotional, to be honest. Now, I haven't cried, like some of my friends have cried, but I do feel emotional. And Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and Phil Jackson don't know who I am, but I'm emotional. My point is we are all emotional. We're just emotional about different things. And if we're going to lead, we need to deal with the reality. We need to face the facts about the world around us, the people we lead, but also about ourselves. I want to quote from a book called The Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by uh, Pastor Pete Scazzero. Now, if we're reading it with uh, an American intonation, Scazzero. If I remember my Italian class in college, it would probably Scazzero. But anyway, the quote goes like this. Allow yourself to experience the full weight of your feelings. Allow them without censoring them. Then you can reflect thoughtfully and decide what to do with them. Trust God to come to you through them. This is the first step in the hard work of discipleship. And I would add it's the first step in the hard work of leadership as well. See, very often leaders, and I'm, and I'm guessing you have experience with this if you're listening to this podcast, very often leaders, we are the first to deny our emotions because we switch immediately to behavior, to practice, or to knowledge. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to know? But before that, if we're not honest about what we feel, what happens is our leadership is inauthentic. Our leadership is ineffective. Because we're not facing the reality, including the reality within ourselves. Now, we all all know that it's possible to to um, get this wrong, to go crazy, to to be to be completely driven by emotions. That's not what we mean. But very often in an attempt to get away from that, we just deny emotions. I've seen this in myself a lot of times. I I catch it now with people where you'll ask them, hey, how are you doing? And they'll say something like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm having a hard time with this, but I know what the Bible says. They jump straight to moralizing and they jump straight to the Bible verse for their particular situation without allowing themselves to experience the full weight of their feelings. This is possibly because of a fear of where that would lead, a fear of not being able to bottle them up again, or a fear of just what would happen if I allowed myself to do that. See, God is not threatened by our feelings. So two things I wanna say about emotions. Number one, don't deny your emotions. They're valid. They're valid because they exist. They're valid because you feel them and you are a person made in the image of God. This applies to you and to the person you're talking to. Don't deny your emotions. They're valid. People often, we we cut that short and I would cut that short. I would feel bad about something and then I would say, but I'm not supposed to feel bad. But, But I do. And the answer to dealing with that feeling bad isn't to say I don't when I already do. The answer is to bring that bad feeling to God and say, God, I, I feel I feel bad about this. And then seeing what He does with it. This happened to me uh, early in my marriage. Something terrible had happened in, in in ministry, and I was I didn't know what to make of it. I knew that all the decisions of the leadership that were handling those things were were right. They were doing the right thing, but the outcome was still uncomfortable for me. And it just made me sad. And so for almost a week, I was just in in this weird mode where I couldn't understand myself. And I thought the problem was knowledge. Well, did they make a mistake? Should I correct something? Should I talk to someone about this? tama naman ng sinabi nila. Tama naman ng desisyon nila. All of this makes sense. So finally, and, and this is really God, because before, I wouldn't have thought about this myself. I turned to Carla and I said, Sweetheart, I think I'm just sad. I think I'm sad because of the, the people who are affected. I'm sad that it's come to this point. And uh, I think I, I just need to, to talk to God about it. <laughs> I don't need to, to have a meeting or to do some kind of public social media rant. I just need to talk to God about how I feel. And my wise wife just left me alone. She goes, yep, sure, that's what you need. So she left me alone the whole morning and I sat there reading my Bible, I put the Bible down because I couldn't really get that much from it and I just told God how I felt. God, I feel sad. I love the, these people. I love th- th- this person who's affected. I'm so sad that this is happening. A- and then before you know it, I, I started tearing up and that weirded me out because I, I don't like admitting or even acknowledging that tears are possible. But by the end of that, I felt better. I was like, oh, okay. Because God wants to minister to our emotions, but we can't deny them. If we keep denying them, we're actually blocking what God wants to do. So don't deny your emotions. I was in a talk with a friend of mine recently and uh, this friend of mine I, I super loved his emotional intelligence. He said, Look, this is what I'm going through. I'm having a hard time. Look, I, I I know I shouldn't be feeling this way, but but I do. And I just assured him, I said, Look, you know what, let let's talk about that later. Like if we need to correct certain mindsets or something there. But for now, how are you feeling? Just tell me. I was talking to another friend who was going through another difficult time, totally different situations, but both are going through a difficult time. And I asked him, I said, "What what do you think you're feeling? How would you, what is it? And as he described it, we got to understand each other. Why? Because his emotions are valid. Don't deny your emotions. But secondly, don't be driven by your emotions. They aren't the whole picture. So, Here's the thing, too often we, we jump from two extremes and if you've been listening to the podcast, I hate false dichotomies. And the false dichotomy is, but if you don't deny them, you'll be driven by them. Or if you're not driven by them, you're denying them. No, they are valid, but I have a choice. They are valid, but I can look at this and I can take a step back and my emotions are telling me to do one thing and it's fine that I feel that way, but I don't necessarily have to do what they're saying. Over and over again, we see this in the Bible, where God isn't angry with people for having feelings. In fact, much of the language that describes the, the character of God has feeling language. Our God is not some kind of statue, some kind of static, you know, uh, philosophizer, you know, like the like the big machine with the answer for everything in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. no. Our God has emotions. There's passion. There, there's, there's, there's desire in the way he, he, he is for us. That being said, how do we respond to these emotions? And there are a number of times in Scripture, that, that maybe the, the earliest example that we can see clearly is uh, Genesis chapter 4, where um, Cain is angry uh, with his brother, and God doesn't say, hey, don't be angry, don't have emotions. He asks him, why are you angry? Be careful. Sin is crouching at your door. I like that concept because it doesn't mean that sin had already possessed him, which is why he had emotions. No, sin was at, its door, at his door. What he was about to do next is what would give sin mastery over him, not the fact that he had emotions. In short, it's possible to choose a different outcome. But that comes by acknowledging the emotion. See, very often what we have here is not uh, a choice, a false dichotomy between the two, but honestly some rapid uh, swinging from one extreme to another. That definitely happens to me. I deny, deny, deny my emotions. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm fine. I'm stoic. I'm dignified. I'm a leader. But when I can't take it anymore, oh my gosh, I'll blow up. I'll give up, I'll just collapse, and I'll just binge watch on Netflix for the whole evening because I owe it to myself after everything that I've had to put up with with these people. I went from denying my emotions to being driven by them. Some people, you know, the swing is the opposite way. They're just so tired of being driven by their emotions, so they think the only answer is to deny, pretend, pretend. I don't feel anything. That's just going to come back. Instead, it's a different way. To step back, to be different from our emotions, to say, okay, this is what I feel, but I don't necessarily have to do what my feelings are telling me to do. I should pay attention to them, but I don't need to do what they're telling me to. That's a concept in family systems theory called differentiation. Differentiation. And the definition uh, by Murray Bowen simply is to the ability of a person, the capacity of a person to define His or her own life goals and values apart from the pressures of those around them. It's my ability to do the right thing based on what God's telling me apart from the pressures around me. The pressures of social media, the pressures of of friends and family and connections, the pressures of, of my own emotions is to be able to do that. That's the key. And that is the key to great leadership. Differentiation. I want to share with this as I end four quick steps on how to get there. Four steps to how to get there. Number one, pay attention to your emotions. And you're only going to be able to do that in silence and solitude. Honestly, as difficult as this time is, this is a great time for that. ECQ is a great time to listen to your emotions and say, Lord, what what, what am I feeling? What is going on? So many of us Our spiritual walk with God has been one busy thing after another. And so now we're jumping, we're jumping, and now we can't jump. Talk to God. What are you feeling? So many of us, our actions, they they have the veneer, the excuse of being leadership decisions, but they're really just emotional outbursts. That happens to me. I look at something that I think the church should be doing. I think the movement should be doing. I think we should be more responsive in this. But before I, see, I put words, and before I post it online, I step back and I say, okay, what am I feeling? I feel bad. I feel impatient. I feel angry. Start with that first. Start with that first put a word to it. If you if you remember the podcast with Seth last week, he said name it to tame it. Name it to tame it. You know the, the reason why many of our emotions are continuing to run rampant, you're not naming it. You're not even admitting it. I mean, f- forget leadership. Love life pa lang. Kung Kumay gusto ka? Aminin mo sa sarili mo. Aminin mo. Kay Lord, alam naman ni Lord eh. You can't tame it then. It's just going to keep popping up. Pay attention to your interior. and That happens in silence and solitude. Let's use EZQ for that. Secondly, find trusted companions. Find people around you that you can be honest about that with. That's what I described earlier. The people I'm processing... Uh, this this uh, family systems theory with my small groups, my uh, my 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 family, the, the my mentors, and I just honestly tell them, I'm so grateful to our leaders in every nation, Philippines, Pastor Gilbert, Miss Gigi, and I I wrote them, I've written them, and I said, hey, guys, um, I have some concerns about uh, campus ministry. Could you let me know? But here's how I feel. And what's great is I can tell them how I feel and I know they'll take it as these are just his feelings. These aren't necessarily his decisions. This isn't his, his conviction. It's just, he's just telling us how he feels and we can listen. Where are the people in your life who let you do that? Sometimes our small groups, we jump straight to knowledge and behavior. What about being honest and saying, hey guys, I'm a little discouraged. Could you pray for me? Name it and trust the people around you. Pay attention to your emotions. Find trusted companions. Number three, move out of your comfort zone. And honestly, these points are coming from that book I mentioned earlier, The Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Move out of your comfort zone. See, one big piece of being emotionally honest is admitting to what's really going on. And that's where the trusted companions come in. You got to move out of your comfort zone and tell someone about it. I have a friend who recently messaged me. This guy's an amazing leader, creative, innovative. And he messaged me and said, look, I, I'm struggling with anxiety right now. And I could feel in him this courage, this bravery to say, I need to talk to somebody about this. And he said so as much. He said, look, I'm praying about this with God. Uh, my, my, I, I, I'm covered, but I need someone else to, to pray for me. Moving out of your comfort zone requires reflecting and saying, Lord, is this an emotional dump or are you really leading me to do this? See, some people, the problem isn't that they're not willing to share. They just share with all the wrong people. They just dump online. That's not wisdom either. Because there, you, you're not necessarily going to get the the guidance and the, and the loving response that you need. So... Pay attention to your emotions. Find trusted companions. Move out of your comfort zone. And fourthly, most importantly, bring it to God. Bring it to God. This coming Sunday, we're going to be talking about perspective week two, Psalm 23. And as I was studying for my message, I was so moved by that line. He restores my soul. God restores my soul. I just thought about that. God, I need you to restore my soul. Maybe some of you, that should be your prayer. See, too many of us as leaders and people who are volunteering, uh, as students who are so used to getting everything done, that's even like a weird prayer to sometimes ask. We often feel like, well, my soul should be fine. I should be going around restoring other people's souls. No, (laughs) we benefit from God. And then we share him with other people. Have you thought about how emotionally honest you are with God? You read the book of Psalms, David is completely emotionally honest with God. Sometimes I, th- I read it and I think, oh, that's inspiring. Sometimes I read it and I think, what a whiny guy. <laughs> like sometimes I think, if I had a student like that in my campus ministry who was like David I would be so tempted to look at him and be like, oh, what what are you whining about? You know, buck up, get to work. But you know what? God wouldn't respond to him that way. God doesn't respond to you and me that way. In fact, the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. I think a big part of that was his ability to trust God and say, you know what? God's not going to let me down. I can be emotionally honest with him. Bring it to God. Talk to him about it. As we acknowledge, we don't deny our emotions, but we're not driven by them. Instead, we can step back. We can be differentiated from them. We bring it to God. That is a powerful uh, foundation for our leadership. How are you now? For some of us, maybe the application of this should be have that silence and solitude. Put down the smartphone. Uh, stop streaming or however you're, whatever you're doing to distract yourself. And pray and say, God, what what, what am I feeling? Show me, Lord, not what should be done here or there, but what do I feel about what this is? Then name it, verbalize it, say it to God, and ask him, God, what do you have to say about this? Is this true? Is this accurate? Should I do what this emotion is telling me to do? If you're having a hard time differentiating that, go to those trusted companions and move out of your comfort zone and tell them about it. Hey, here's where I am. Here's how I feel. How do you feel? That's a powerful way to build our leadership. So that's our first foundation, the leader's emotions. Um, as we go, we, I, I know you know this is going to take a lot to process. Listening to this podcast is not enough. Hello, that's episode one. This podcast is not enough. You need people to talk to about it. So I highly recommend talk with your campus missionary, talk with your small group leader. And look, use our resource, ENC Leaders on Facebook. I'm going to add one more. I've got an Instagram account called at Campus Joe. So Campus for Campus Ministry, Joe, J-O-E. And um, I'm really just reserving that for conversations about leadership and ministry and discipleship and stuff like that. If you go to my other account, then there's all kinds of stuff there. But if you go to at Campus Joe. I'm prioritizing that for, for this. So add me up there and uh, we can talk there. Now, if you're waiting for confirmation and I haven't added you, I'm very sorry about that. Send me a message or and, and, and I'll add you. And that's the priority for that account, to really engage with people about these uh, podcast topics. Well, that's it. This is the ENC Leadership Podcast. Um, stay connected and be honest with your emotions. God knows what they are, and He wants to deal with them. When we're honest about them, it allows us to lead in a much more powerful way. Thank you. Bye.